Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. Um, the message today was going to be built around continuing. Continuing. So here, let me do that first. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to read this, Zechariah chapter 3. I want to read three verses to you. I want you to give me King James because I want to, I've taught from this so many times it seems like I'm repeating myself, but you'll follow me for a minute. The Bible says, and he showed me Yeshua or Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And the Bible says, and Satan standing at his, at his right hand to do what? What's the word? Now, in the Hebrew, the word Satan is not a, the, the, when you see the word capitalized, turn me down just a little bit. The, the, the name Satan is not a proper noun. And I want to help you with this. In, 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 the, in the Hebrew, Satan or Satan is actually a verb. Okay, when it becomes a noun is when it's, in, when it's applied to a person. So when you go to court, I'm seeking, it's actually a legal term. When you go to court, there's always two types of attorney in the courtroom. You can't have a case without two types of attorney. What do you call them? The what? The prosecutor and the defense. Okay, sometimes there's court-appointed uh, uh, defender, but it, there's always a prosecutor. In the, in the Hebrew system, the, the Satan, Satan was the prosecutor. That was his job. See, really what it is is a designation, it's a description or an assignment. It's not a name. Really, he's, he's Lucifer. He's a fallen angel. He became the devil, Diablos. And then, and then he's called Satan because of what he does. His job is to do exactly what he's doing here. He said, I saw the high priest. He was standing before the angel of the Lord in the Holy of Holies to minister to the Lord, but it was a problem. He, was, he wasn't clean. When you read the rest of this, he had, she, there was a struggle in his heart. And really, you know what the struggle was when you read on? He was suffering from condemnation. It wasn't that he had done anything wrong in that moment, but he was remembering what he did wrong. And the reason he was remembering was because Satan was standing right beside him. And every time he was trying to exercise his office before the Lord, Satan was there to remind him. Sometimes the enemy remind, he resists you with reminders. And so, and he knows, you know, if your pastor's saying, if I praise things will happen, well, I tried it, nothing happened. It, nothing will happen if that's your mindset. You got it? The Bible declares in several places, Psalm 144 is one of them, praise is a weapon. It is a weapon. We, we begin to thank God for what he's done while we're waiting for him to do the next thing. Praise, praise begins when I'm, when I'm grateful to God that I, I didn't get to the, next, the, the promotion, but I'm, I, I've still got a job. You got it? Praise begins when you say, he broke my heart, but he didn't break me. And so I begin to tell God what I'm grateful for. Here, there's always going to be a resistance. But I want you to see how the Lord handles it. In verse 2, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. 
Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. You say, why is he talking about Jerusalem? Because the high priest stood there representing Jerusalem. He was there on behalf of the people. High priests stand before God on behalf of the people. As the high priest goes, so goes the people. That's why it's critical to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 when it says that Jesus is a high priest. We remember he's standing before God on our behalf. And that's, that's important. And if you don't learn anything in this church, learn that. Learn that, that our high priest stands before God on our behalf. Not so we can continue to misbehave, but so that we can make progress and go forward and grow without, without being threatened. That if I don't score A on this next test, then God's, God will reject me. It says... The Lord, give me New Living Translation. Let me read this more quickly. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusation. I, the Lord, do what? Reject. I, I have good news. To, here's part of the good news. That Satan brought an accusation against you before God. And what did God do? God always rejects the accusation. Tell somebody God rejected the accusation against you. There are people right now talking to God about you. They're saying all kinds of things to God about you. Because, so, because you know, in reality, sometimes we mess up. Sometimes you just get it wrong. Anybody ever jack some stuff up? Anybody still jacking some stuff? Okay, that's, watch this. Sometimes we do. And, and when people keep, God rejects the accusation. Here's what he said. Um, he said he, um, the, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man, he's speaking of the high priest, is like a burning stick. That has been snatched out of the fire. God said, yes, what you're accusing, yes, he, he did get, but I, I pull him out the fire. He won't be destroyed. Look at verse 3. Jeshua's, Yeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood before the angel. In other words, why he's, he's that, uh, filthy clothing in scripture represent just misdeeds. You're carrying the guilt and shame of you, what you did. And, and you're wearing it like clothing. So even while he's standing before God and God is defending him, he still look, he look a mess. He's, he's guilty. But verse 4, the Bible says, So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turn to Yeshua or Jeshua, he said, See, I have taken away your, your sins. And now I'm giving you these what? Where the fine clothes come from? They come from him. He gives you his clothing. He's dressing you to look like him. Until you can put a period on your past and say, yes, I messed up, but that's my past. Until you can begin to walk with God and say, you know what? I got to expect something different. Stop dragging your past into your present and expect to get a different future. It doesn't mean you won't have to deal with some things of your past. It simply means that it can't define you anymore. Here's what it says. I've taken away your sins and now I'm giving you these fine clothes. Verse 5. Then I said, they should, they should also place a clean turban on his head. The prophet said, I was standing there watching and I'm fascinated. Zechariah said, I'm watching them transform Yeshua, Yeshua, the high priest, in front of my face. And I'm watching this happening. I'm thinking when they change his clothes, they said, but his turban is still dirty. So although God has changed his clothing, and cha- watch this, he still thinks about it. That's what it, that's what it. that's what it represents. And he says, so they put a clean, so he said, I was standing there watching, I watched him change his clothes, but I realized it, his head was still messed up. 
So I, I suggested, I didn't know what they were going to do, it, but I suggested maybe we need to change the thing on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Verse 6. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very, very solemnly to Joshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies say. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you'll be given authority. You'll be given what? Now let me tell you what this is about. See, the whole resistance of the enemy against you is about your authority. Every time you open your mouth and speak, let me tell you how it works. If you speak your words, God can't do anything about it. But here's what God said about his words. God says, you need to frame my words in your mouth. Fit them in your mouth. Teach your heart. You got it? Teach your heart how to speak or how to think or respond in times of peace so that your heart can teach your mouth what to say in times of war. Teach your heart how to process, how to think, how to, how to re- in times of peace when nothing is going on. Put that word in you so that when, so when it's time for you to go to war in, in a situation when the enemy's resisting you, when he's coming against you, then, you, then your heart is going to uh, just immediately open your mouth and you'll find yourself saying things, listen to this, that you don't even feel. It's not that you feel that way, it's just that it's in your heart, it just comes out. And here's what God says about it. He said, I will watch over my word to perform it. Not what you say. I'm going to watch over what I say. Now, this is now. The Bible says in Psalm 103 that the angels give voice to the word of God. They give what? Say that loud. Say voice. Voice. Now, God God is going to watch over the voice of his word. In in the earth, Jesus is the the living word. Um, We have the written word, the Bible, and then there's a spoken word from the pulpit or from the pew. You can speak the word of God and he will honor it. But, you, but here's the thing. Your mentality has to be a mentality of defiance. Defiance. When you don't feel good. When it's not going well. When things are falling through. When you've been taken advantage of, when all these things happen, you have got to come to a place where you stop saying your words. Stop posting your words. Stop declaring your words. You get to a place where you fight. What has the Lord decreed? Whatever he said, that's what I'm going to say. Authority. The word authority, he says, uh, 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 you will be given authority. The word is jurisdiction. Juris is to speak. I mean, juris is law. Diction is to speak. I'm giving you the, the authority so that when you open your mouth and say what I say, then I will make it happen. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't happen immediately. But the more you saturate your environment and your situation with the word of God, and you keep saying it over and over again to the place where you, listen, you, you're putting a demand on God to make his word good, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It may not shift the way you saw it in your head, but it's going to shift. Shift happens. It always happens. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Art Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift 
to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees, Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Due season, no, I said shift happens. See, Father, take the take the turban, take the dirty turban off their heads, and put something clean on it. <laughs> Top of the head. I, w- I want to give you two more scriptures and I want us to get out of here. This is important. In, in, in Acts chapter 14, the Bible says it, it, concerning this issue, Satan wants you to give up. He wants, he's telling you you've been doing this, this for so long and it's not working. And you know the truth of the matter is? If you sat down and did an assessment of what you're believing God for, most people would say they're losing more than they're winning. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if we're honest, I'm going to tell you why. Because when we taught you faith, for years and years, faith was taught as a magical formula to get what you need and want from God. And I'm going to show you in a minute, I'm going to read an entire chapter and a half. I, I, I pray it doesn't bore you, but I'm going to read this because sometimes you need to get things in context. In, in, in hermeneutics, hermeneutics is excavation of truth from scripture. Hermeneutics. Everybody say hermeneutics. hermeneutics. Yeah, you, when you learn that, you learn more than most preachers. Hermeneutics is what they call the system of, of getting, scripture, getting the truth from scripture. Homiletics is how we deliver it. Hermeneutics is how we find it. Homiletics is how we deliver it. In hermeneutics, there's several laws. There's one law I mentioned to you over and over again. It's the law of first mention. If you find the way something is first mentioned or the context is mentioned in, you can pretty much learn what the whole thing is about. An example is suffering. The first time suffering is mentioned in scripture, it's not really mentioned by name. It's alluded to. Because we take for granted that when Adam Adam and Eve sinned and God went uh, and came back with the skin of a lamb, we take for granted that he just found a skin, a creator's skin. No, he killed a lamb. And so the first time we introduce a suffering, it's a, it's a sidebar because the main issue is God is covering Adam and Eve. But something had to suffer as a substitute. So here's what you need to learn about suffering. The, in, on the first mention in scripture, suffering is always substitutionary. Always. It's a substitute for something else. If you're suffering, something else is going on. Either good or bad. Suffering is always substitutionary. Say that with me. Suffering is always substitu- it's always substitutionary. Always. If you if you you say, Pastor, but my, um, my money's funny. There's something else going on. There's something else going on. And it's always like that. Now, now under the law of first mention, there's another thing also. When the Bible talks about the Bible talks about this, it mentioned this phrase, the just shall live by faith. Say that with me. The just shall live. One more time. The when the Bible says that, 
we take for granted that God is telling us we're going to live by this formula, this method of getting things from him. And, and faith can be a system. Faith can function like a formula. It can be a method. But what you need to understand is this. That's not what he talked about. The essential quality of faith is its ability to continue doing what it was doing before the trouble came. The, the, one of the greatest qualities of faith is his ability to keep going after the blow. To rebuild after the storm. You got it? To keep loving after you've been hurt. Faith has to do with, with your constancy. It has to do with your perspective. It has to do with your willingness to fight through and keep going. What provoked Joshua to stand before, and I call him by three names, Joshua, Yeshua, or Yeshua, it's, it's the same name. What provoked him knowing that his, his, his garments were dirty to stand before God anyway? He persisted in the presence of God. And technically, he should have gotten in trouble for that. When the Lord saw that he came the way he was, and then he had resistance also, so he's fighting his own thoughts about himself, and the enemy is also accusing him before God. But he stood there, and God was able to not just stand up for him, but to free him. You You have to get to the place where you have to overcome genetics for some of you. You know, no, you got bad. Some of you got some gene problems. I mean, your gene is too tight. No, no, I'm talking about genetics. But they're they choking you off, man. That thing got you so messed up that you can't get past. And here's the worst thing you can do. I'm going to just throw this out there. If you judge your parents for, for, for the iniquity they pass to you, it amplifies it in your life. You got to give them grace. You got to, I'm gonna tell you why. Because you may, you may say, my daddy ain't nothing but a drunk. Well, I'll tell you this right now, but you're a drunk daddy. If he, if he gave that to you genetically, where do you think he got it from? So you think he, he came up with it? No. And so what I have to learn, watch this now, regardless of my situation, I have to, I have, to have the mentality, faith so that I continue to go forward, even though I may be losing, my, my losses are greater than my wins, but I'm gonna keep going because it's not gonna always be like that. Now watch this now. So the Bible says, the, the Apostle Paul, he goes, they're on the missionary journey, they're, they're confirming the churches. The Bible says, after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, people got saved. Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia. Verse 22 says this, where they strengthened the believers. What did they do to them? That's why you come to church. For strength. That's why I come to church. The Bible says, to the man of God, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to these things. For in so doing, you will save both yourself and them that hear you. And sometimes I'm preaching to you not because you need to be, to be saved. And the word saved doesn't mean saved as in saved from my sin, but saved it from my situation. I'm preaching to you not because you need to be saved, but I'm preaching to you because I need to be saved. You get it? Now, let me show you this. Where they strengthened the believers, they encouraged them to do what? Out loud, to do what? To continue in the faith, reminding them that they must suffer what? Many hardships to enter the what? And what the kingdom of God is, is where, I told you, it's not a place. It's a relationship where God tells you. It's a relationship like you saw with with Jeshua the high priest. where, Where the Lord rejects accusations against you. 
And, and he's able to change things about you and retrofit you and to give you direction and point you there. And he stops this to start that. The kingdom of God is where God is in charge of your life. I'm going to show you something. If you look at scripture, you'll see that sometimes when the word Lord is mentioned, it's, it's mentioned with a capital letter at the beginning, but all lowercase, right? How many of you ever noticed that? But have you ever, have you ever noticed that other times when the word Lord is mentioned, it's, it's all caps? It's two different names. When, when, when it's just Lord or God, it's Elohim. It means he's, he's a regular God. But when it's, when it's all caps, it's, it's, it's now um, um, Yahweh, which means it's a personal God. And all through scripture, God interchanges, um, speaking of himself, to people, he said, he say, um, I'm your Elohim, but I'm his Yahweh. So on the same row of people worshiping God in, in, in the same situation, you, some people see him as just God, or just Elohim. He's just a God. Some see him as, as Yahweh, which is the personal God, which is my God. And that difference right there will start an earthquake in the basement of a prison and rock every prison door open. You see, you have to understand something. It's, he has to become personal to you. How does he become personal? In suffering. So, so this, is, this is important, and I want to show you. Now, look at what it says. It says, I got about t- 10 minutes. It says, conti- everybody, everyone say, continue in the faith. Continue. Say it again out loud, continue in the faith. I want to do something because we, we, we talk about, the, the Bible is so doctrinal. Sometimes I read the Bible and I, and I pause and I say, God, you know what? I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm tired. You always learn something new. But you think you got it. You walk around struggling like you got it. I got a PhD in theology. That means nothing. When people, listen, when you hear them call me Dr. Ramsey, think to said that means absolutely nothing. Because after you get your PhD, that's when you learn. You don't know anything. Okay? My father calls PhD a post hole digger. I was a post hole digger. I was like, what is that? You know the light poles? You know, people that dig the hole for that? That's what that's he used to call a PhD. <laughs> no respect. Okay, so, so here's what I want to show you. Whenever you see the Bible put the definite article, the, before the word faith, he's not talking about having faith. He's talking about a belief system. He's talking about what you believe. And I'm going to tell you what I want to encourage you all to do. Your life was determined by God to be a light that points to Jesus Christ. Any other designation, any other choice you make to do, uh, about your life is going to cause you pain. If you try to protect yourself from being the lamp through which that light shines, you're going to hurt yourself and live in darkness. If you, if you try to do anything apart from him, you'll find that you do have this personal losing streak. It's only when you begin to realize that he is your life. He's the length of your days. He's everything you've ever wanted. He's all that you need. And when he becomes personal, especially when you begin to say his name more, the Bible says there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we should be saved, delivered, set free, prospered, healed. That's what the word sozo means. And when you begin to call that name over your situation, to call that name over your life and over what belongs to you and what pertains to you, when you begin to call that name in every situation and realize that he is your personal God, let me show you something. Then things will begin to change, but until then you'll be frustrated. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The first time you try it, you're going to feel this thing. You're going to feel so ashamed. 
When you call his name where his name is not normally mentioned, people are going to look at you strange. It's going to set you apart. That's what he wants from you. We are Jesus people. Listen, we are Christ followers. And we, listen, here's the crazy part. He said, Pastor, I can't do that because I, well, you don't know, I, I don't always get it right. No, let's be honest. You get it wrong a lot. And sometimes you choose to. Sometimes you choose to fit in. The moment you choose to stand out, you're going to suffer. Hardship. People are going to walk away. They're going to point you. They're going to call you a hypocrite. How can, how can you profess this and live that? And all of a sudden, you find yourself in this death struggle of trying to let go of that and hold on to this. And you have to take a stand at some point. Here's what you have to say. Let them say what they want to about me. Here's what I know. Christ died for sinners. And I am one of them. And what you, and what you, here's what you do. And what you do is, is you begin to walk forward with him and you go through the resistance. You're going to suffer many things into the kingdom of heaven. But I want to show you this thing real quick about the faith. Everybody say the faith again. I want to, I'm going to put three scriptures on the screen. One, two, three, four, back to back. Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. I want to show you the uses of the, of the word of faith. Give me King James Version. It's safer for me in the King James Version because I understand where it is. Okay. The Bible says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. That means more people were getting saved in Jerusalem. It multiplied greatly. Watch this. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the... Notice now, it says they were obedient to the faith. What is the faith? We're going to talk about that in a minute. I'll go forward now to Acts chapter 13 and verse 8. Acts 13 and verse 8. But Elemas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the the faith. Give me New Living Translation. I don't know what it says. I just want to see what it says. Ah, here it is. It says, but Elimus the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, inferred and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from doing what? Notice in the King James, it's the faith, but in the new, more modern translation, it's believing. So the faith is believing in Jesus Christ. But remember this now. Believing in Jesus Christ is not just about being saved from sin, which is the major component to bringing you into the kingdom of God. But after you're saved from sin, after you're born again, you're going to need to be saved every day. And I'm going to say this to you, and people say, well, this is just for older people. Well, okay, well, we will take it, but I'm going to tell you this. It's for you too. If you think that this message is insignificant when we talk about Jesus, then you're not ready to die. Because the single most important thing, I don't care what you accomplish in life, when you die, when you're getting ready to die, the one thing you need to be sure about, you need to know for sure. They're not going to ask you about your savings and your stocks. They're not going to ask you about your inheritance or your will. What they're going to ask you about, listen, anyone that believes in God and, and wants you to be saved, they're going to ask you one question. How is your relationship with Jesus? And in that moment, you better don't be fronting. You tell them, hey, listen, it's been better. I've, I had a guy tell me one time, it's been better. I said, you've been dying for eight years. I had a friend, he was dying eight years. And I said, what do you mean it's been better? So he said, heart has just been better. Now, that's before the grace days. And I said, are you crazy? Let's get this fixed now. And so we went through the prayer. And he was like, can you just pray? No, no, no. We, I'm not going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. We need to get this thing right. 
I told her, I said, I tell you what I'm gonna do. We're gonna pray now. I'm gonna drive to Toledo to do this concert. I'm gonna check in you when I get there. When I got there, he was dead. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. If you don't believe that this thing about being obedient to the faith is not just about faith as a system or method of getting things from God, the faith is your relationship with God. And let me tell you this right now, this is very important. God is not interested in your goodness right now. It's going to come. You can't have a relationship with Jesus and, not, not, and goodness not come. What he's interested in is your believing. Do you believe that God sent Jesus to die for your sin? By a show of hands. Put him down. Do you believe, listen to this now. Do you believe that when he died for you, he settled the issue of sin once and for all. Do you believe, understand what I'm about to ask you. Do you believe that somewhere in this whole economy of walking with God, you have got to learn to do right? Do you understand that you are not going to do right all the days of your life hard as you try? Do you understand that your inability to perform consistently in no wise cancels God's love for you? Do you understand that right now in this whole setting, God is loving you even though you're thinking about doing something? No. How many, how, how many of you how many of you believe that God is loving you right now? We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.